You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. How we doing? Man, so it's hard to follow worship like that, right? So guess what? I'm not even going to try to do it. We're going to let the Spirit just keep moving like He does, and He's going to move through His Word. Man, we've been in a series called Sermon on the Mount. Really just how Jesus offers practical stuff for your life, right? And, and maybe you don't say sentences like that, but I'm just a really simple guy. And Jesus, it, He literally teaches practical stuff for your life. And this is, this is what we should want as Christ followers. We should want to know, hey, man, I know the Bible says this, it says this, it says this. What are some practical things that Jesus teaches for me as a Christ follower so that I could be more like him? And in what a series this has been so far. It's been a blessing for me just to, to dig in and study this Sermon on the Mount. And, man, the more that you read this, the more that you study, the more you realize that we can't do this without him. Like, we need him. And he starts the entire sermon off that way. If you remember way back, this is week seven or eight. If you go back to week one of this series, we we went over the Beatitudes and we saw the very first thing is Jesus says, hey, congratulations when you realize that you need me. Congratulations to you when you realize, hey, spiritually, you are bankrupt. You have nothing without Jesus. Hey, blessed are you when you get to that point. Because then you realize, man, I need somebody to do something for me that I can't do for myself. And husbands, I'm not talking about like your wife. There's a lot of stuff that we need her to do that we can't do. Amen. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritually with this thing called life, right? We can't do for ourselves what needs to be done. Because we're all sinners in need of a Savior. Man, and we believe that Jesus has done everything necessary for our salvation. That when he pushed up on his nail-pierced feet on the cross and said, it is finished, that somehow it counted for you. And it counted for me. Man, and then we, we get to respond by confessing that he's our Lord and Savior. And by committing to follow him wherever he leads. Man, and guess what? Today, we get to celebrate that With baptism, we get to celebrate the fact that someone said yes to Jesus. That someone was brought from death to life. And they want to show the world that, hey, it's not about you. It's not even about me. It's about what Jesus has done. And what he's done is he's raised this dead person to life. Man, and that's why we do what we do. We do what we do so people come to know the saving knowledge and relationship with Jesus. Man, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm going to go through just a quick quick few things with you. We have life group sign-ups right after service. If you're interested in joining a group, man, I would encourage you to go to the back by the TV over here and just look at the studies. Pick one and get some information and then just show up and see what it's about. If you don't like it and you're not going to hurt our feelings, you can leave. Just don't tell us that you didn't like it. right? Just don't show back up and we'll be cool with that. So we have life group sign-ups. We're, we're doing baptisms, obviously. We have worship night coming up this week at Java House, uh, this Wednesday, the 10th. And we're just going to worship in our city. 
Man, in all of this, all of the stuff that we get to do, it points to Jesus. All of the stuff we do points to Jesus. It doesn't point to me as a pastor. It doesn't point to anybody that's ever on this stage. It really, it doesn't point to you guys. It doesn't point to Impact Church. It points to Jesus. It's about His kingdom. It's about what, what He wants to do through us. And then, next week we're doing Impact 101. If you've been visiting for a while and, and you just haven't really jumped in for membership or whatever, wherever you are in that, we're doing Impact 101, and that's just a class right after service that lets you know about who we are. It, it gives you the nuts and bolts of Impact Church, and then you get to make the decision after that whether you want to be a part of this as a member, whether you just want to keep coming and hanging out, whatever. There's no pressure. It's just for us to to allow you to get to know us a little bit. Now, we're going to jump right in, but I want to pray before we do this because we're talking about prayer. It's really important. So let's let's pray, and then we'll jump in. God, we love you. God, because you loved us even when we were still sinners. You sent Jesus on a rescue mission for sinners like me. God, and we worship you for that. God, I pray that as we open your word in this place, that you speak through your spirit. God, that we realize what it looks like to be Christ followers and how to live more like you. We give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So how many of you, and you can pull it out if you have it, how many of you have one of these? No one? Okay, everyone in here has got one, right? If you're like six or older, you probably have a phone. Um, that's just kind of the world that we live in right now. Now, the worst thing, I don't know if you... If you experience this sometimes, but the worst thing is when there's this little battery thing, right? And it turns red. And when it turns red, that means that you're you're running out of juice. And you better have a charger with you. Here's the thing at my house. I have a lot of the little blocks, you know, that you plug into the wall. I have a ton of them. Every outlet in my house could have a little block. The block does nothing unless you have the cord, right? And somehow. I get a lot of blocks. I don't have a lot of cords. And I'm always looking for this cord, this charger. And I'm like, what the heck? Who took my charger? And, and you know, everybody's like, I didn't take it. You just don't put stuff back where it goes. Yes, I do. In the block. Like, that's where it goes. That's where it stays. It stays in the block. I don't understand why it's not in the block. But here's the deal, right? We have to have the cord to connect to the source. Right? I have a lot of the blocks. But I need the cord. And really, Jesus is going to talk about prayer here. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is us tapping into the source who is God. It's the way that we can stay connected to the power source of our Creator. And a lot of times, I think that we fall into this rut when it comes to prayer. And we, we say a lot of prayers that are just routine. We say a lot of prayers that... Man, we were repeating stuff, and man, I don't want you to think that's bad. I just I want you to understand that that's not the, the entirety of what prayer is. And prayer is really communicating to God, right? That's, that's what it is. Let's just read Matthew 6. And this is, again, under the banner where Jesus begins to talk about, man, don't do stuff like the Pharisees. Don't do stuff so people see you, but your motive matters. And we talked about money and generosity last week, and then he, tra he transitions here to prayer, and he says this in verse 5, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, 
that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 6. But when you pray. Now, he doesn't say if. He's assuming that as a Christ follower, you will be praying. He says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So here's, here's what we, we really need to get out of this. Is that in, in this century, what was happening are these religious people, they were going out and they had these prayer shawls and they would go out and they had a bunch of little tassels on the end with some beads and they all represented something and they would just go outside of the synagogue on the street corner and they would pray. They would pray loud, they would pray long, and they wanted people to see just how religious they were. And Jesus is saying, hey, that's cool, man. If that's what you want to do, that's your reward. You impress this guy. Congratulations. Right? If you want that to be your reward, cool. That's your reward that you impress the people around you. But man, if you want the ultimate reward, hey, go in secret and pray to your Heavenly Father who will be in community with you in secret. What I don't want you to hear out of this is that you have to have some prayer closet in your house and you got to clean out the, the junk closet or bedroom or whatever y'all have, right? I don't, I don't even know. I have some junk bedrooms and stuff. It's like every kid, right, is a junk bedroom. There's stuff everywhere. But man, I don't want you to hear that you have to have some special room or some special closet or some special place to pray. That's not what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus was really referring to here is, man, if you if you went into the synagogue at this time, here's this dude that is religious and he's haughty and he's praying and he's praying loud. And then there's a lot of people around and there's a lot of people in press. And Jesus is saying, hey, so you over here sitting on this side with your prayer shawl, what I want you to do is I just want you to cover that around your face. And this area in here, that's your closet. That's the room I want you to go in. It doesn't matter about the people around you. It matters about the heart and the motive behind the prayer. So Jesus is saying, hey, if you, man, if you want that, if you want people to think you're cool, if you want people to think you're religious, if you want people to think you're all godly and all this, great. Have at it. Congratulations, that's your reward. But man, if you want to live for me and you want to actually have, have communion with me, then this is, this is how you need to pray. Not worrying about what everybody else thinks, but really just focused on me, with me as the center of your conversation. That He is the center of everything that we do and everything that we say. Man, I, we talked about God's reward program last week and His reward program is that we get Him, right? We get all of Him. Man, how amazing is it that we get all of Him, the Creator of the universe? We say, hey, you know what, when we give, we're, we're not trying to please people. We're giving as a response to God because He's given it all to us. So we're just, we're giving. We're bringing Him back what's already His. And when we pray, we're not trying to impress people with these big words, with these haughty, haughty attitudes or whatever it may be. No, we just want to have community with God. We want to be in a place in our relationship with Him where He's what matters most. That He's the one thing that drives everything. That He is the one thing that drives everything. Number one, 
I want you to write this down if you're taking notes this morning, is that your prayer should be personal. That your prayer should be personal. I don't know how many of you have ever been in groups before, but, man, there's always that one person in groups that's just a great prayer. Like, he he or she, they just pray amazingly, right? And you, you get called on to pray, and you're like, nah, let him pray. Like, he's really good at it. I want him to do it. I don't want to do it. And then this this person stands up and he prays and man, that's cool. That's fine. And then there's some people that just pray completely different than the way they talk. I don't know if you've seen that before, but you could be talking to somebody and it's a normal conversation. And then it's like, hey, so, hey, can you close us out in prayer? And he's like, sure. Uh, Thou father, I beseech thee. And it's like, Dude, we were just having a conversation. I didn't hear you say thou, beseech, or anything. Like, we pray in the King James Version for some reason because we think God hears that better, right? There's just, there's just things that people do because they don't understand this concept of prayer. And Jesus is saying, hey, it doesn't matter about all that. It matters about your motive. Right? And I can listen to people pray any kind of way. It doesn't bother me. There's one thing that bothers me. And this is just a personal preference. I don't like when people say daddy. Like, that's just me. But there's some pastors out there. There's some people that are like, daddy. And it's like, yeah, man, don't do that. Like, just don't do it. And if you do it, that's cool. Not really. But I would just, I would really listen to this message today. We, we are going to see that he is our father, right? And, and he's a good father. And he loves to give good gifts to his kids. But I would just recommend... Don't start it off with daddy. It's just just not what I would do. Uh, Verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And again, he's saying, hey, these, these phrases, these words, all this stuff, man, like that's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about a serious, intimate conversation with God. And it's not about using these big words. It's not about speaking in the King James. It's not about speaking in, in whatever you want to speak in. Like, none of that matters, man. It matters about the motive of your heart. It matters about coming into a place where you can really be intimate with God and you guys are in community together because He loves you and He wants that community with you. And then we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer here and, and a lot of times people, man, people say this and they don't really even understand the words that they're saying. Right? This is where we get the model prayer from which we call the Lord's Prayer. But verse 9 starts like this. He says, pray then like this. So this is like the third time that Jesus is saying, hey, when you pray, when you pray, pray like this, pray like this. So the second thing I want you to write down this morning is this, your prayer should be persistent. Your prayer should be persistent. Don't stop. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. And and I believe by the power of the Spirit, after today, you will understand that prayer is not you just having to do this really formal thing all the time, that prayer is just you and God connecting in community. And when we see prayer that way, and when our heart's right and our motive's right, then it's a lot easier to be consistent 
with our prayers. And we just keep going and we keep going. He says this, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we're going to break this down because I really want you to understand why these words are there. What Jesus wasn't doing was saying, hey, you have to pray this exact prayer. That is what Jesus was not doing. He was not saying this is the prayer that you have to pray. What he's doing is he's giving you a model prayer. The disciples asked them, hey, how, how do we pray? How should we pray? Teach us how to pray. All the things that they saw Jesus do in his ministry. He healed people. He preached. He did a lot of crazy, cool, fun stuff. And the disciples didn't ask how to do any of that. They said, hey, will you teach us how to pray? And they did that, I believe, because they saw in the life of Jesus consistently. You can just go through the Gospels, but especially the book of Luke, and you can see that Jesus prayed all the time. That he got alone and he prayed. Before he ever picked the disciples, he prayed. After he picked the disciples, he prayed. He always prayed. He was always connected to the power source of his Father. And I believe personally that the disciples saw this and they said, man, we want to be connected to that source. Look what he's doing. And it starts with prayer. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, okay, well, here we go. Pray like this. And he says, our Father. That's how he starts it. And I don't want you to just think that this is some introductory greeting of a prayer because this is important. Because the way that we see Jesus really determines the way that we pray to Him. And if we, see, if we see God as just some almighty person that's out there and we don't really have a connection with Him, then we're going to pray that way. If we see God as someone who just fixes everything, then we're going to pray that way. And if we see God as our Father, then we're going to pray that way. And we see all throughout the Scripture. God is Father. And that we as Christ followers are His sons and His daughters. That we get to be co-heirs with Christ. That God has adopted us through the Spirit into His family. That man, maybe we were once fatherless, but no, we're not fatherless anymore. We have the Heavenly Father as our Father. And I think it's important as we pray this, we understand our Father isn't just some greeting that we throw around, but man, we mean it, that this is, this is our Heavenly Father, the one that loves us more than anyone else would ever love us. How many of you have ever said the Lord's Prayer? Okay, so I was raised in church, but I think I learned the Lord's Prayer like at a baseball tournament. Just going to be honest, I don't think it was at church because... We would, before the game would start, everybody would huddle up and we're, we're doing some Lord's Prayer stuff together, right? Your hands in the middle and you're saying it as fast as you can because you don't really know what's happening. You want to yell a lot. You want to run out. And you're just like, our Father, our Lord, heaven, I'll be that name. The kingdom come, that will be done. And you're just throwing it. You're just throwing it out there. Sometimes you're grunting it. It's like, our Father, who are in heaven. Like you're just getting pumped up. And then I think we were doing it wrong anyway because right after the coach is like, yeah, let's go kick some, you know. And it's like, yeah, I don't think this is the way this prayer is supposed to work. But hey, let's go win, right? Whatever. What we did 
is we did exactly what Jesus said not to do. That Jesus says, hey, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who are just doing it for show. I want you to do it because you love me and because your motives are right. And I'm going to give you a model prayer to use, not to repeat all the time, but to use. And what we did is we said, hey, let's just use these words because Jesus put them in the Bible. Right? We did exactly what He said not to do. Now, I'm not saying that reciting the Lord's Prayer is wrong. I'm saying that, man, if that's the only prayer you pray, then your prayer life is lacking. And if you don't understand the words you're saying in this prayer, then there's really no point of repeating it at all. So our Father in heaven says, hallowed be your name. And man, it's all about you. We want to glorify you. Everything is about you. We focus on you. Our words are about you. Our actions are about you. Our thoughts are about you. Man, glory be to you in your name. Our Father, we want to bring you glory. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. And His kingdom is heaven, right? And He's saying, hey, this is, this is how we should pray. What can you do through me to make this earth look more like your kingdom? What can you do through me? How can you use me to, to bring your kingdom to this earth? Because that's what I want. What is your mission for me? What's the will of God? That's, that's really what we're saying here. Hey, we want your will to be done here. On earth as it is in heaven. So what is the will of God? Man, and we could have we picked all kinds of stuff, but I went to Luke 4, and I just want to read four verses to you. It says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. This is the mission statement of Jesus. Verse 18 says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Here's the mission of Jesus, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. To show people who are far from God what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. So when we say, hey, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're essentially saying, hey, God, what is it that I can do to bring your kingdom here right now? How can I take your gospel and your mission to the ends of the earth? What do you want me to do? What's it look like for me to be used by you to bring your kingdom to this place? See, in heaven, everyone is face-to-face -face with God. And we know living on this earth that not everyone is face-to-face -face with God. So the question that I like to ask is this, man, how many people can I take to heaven with me? How many people can I take to heaven with me? Now, I know it's not through my power. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. But man, He uses us in special ways to reach people for the kingdom. 
And it is so important. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it says, man, Jesus is different, right? God's a little different. He, he's not like impatient. He's very patient. And he's patient to the point where, man, his, his goal, his purpose, his heart is that no one should perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. And he gives us time to do that because, man, he knows we need it. Man, he knows that we're stubborn people. Stubborn, stubborn people. Like he can legit be right in front of us, right? Doing some work and we're like, man, I wish God would show up. Man, I'm right here. I'm doing some work. Could you just, just look at me? I'm like, he's waving his arms like, man, you're a spirit, dude. Can't see you. Don't know what you look like. You can wave your arms all you want, right? Here's the deal. The closer we get to Jesus, the more we realize the work of the spirit in our life. And the more we pray and the more our motives are right, the closer we get to Him. Because we're tapped into the source, which is God. It says, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now that's the end. Now some of you, and I know that you're like, hey, where's the rest? Like there's a there's more to this. We don't stop right there. And I really think that we added the rest of this prayer because that's a bad place to stop. It's like, Jesus, there's got to be more than this. Like, you can't stop with and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Like, that's kind of weird. We, we need something else. We need something that says, man, so we want to give you glory. You're amazing. So we added that, right? But man, the, the model prayer ends right here. I just want you to be aware of that. This is it. If you want to say the rest of it, you can say that. But Jesus ends it right here. But what does this mean? Give us our daily bread. And in Greek, it really means give us our today bread. The bread that's for today. Give us this bread. Jesus is saying, hey, what we should do is we should bring our needs before God because we know we can't do this on our own. That we bring Him everything, every day. And we learn that mercies, His mercies, are new every single day. This isn't just a thing we do once a week. It's not just a thing that we do once a month. Man, prayer is something that we go to Him every day and say, Hey, I need you. I can't do this. Not even for a day. I can't do this without you. And we, we take our needs to Him. I was watching some conference and it was like a missionary type conference and there were some pastors from Africa and one pastor from East Africa just looked at these American pastors and said, man, I feel bad for you because there's no way that you will ever know what it means to be desperate for God. Man, and it offended these pastors because they're like, hey, first of all, don't tell me that I'm not desperate for God, right? I'm desperate for God. What he was saying is, hey, there's a difference between the desperation of America and the desperation of Africa. And we're desperate for God here in East Africa because we, we have no other hope. There's nothing else that's going to take care of us. 
He is who He is, and we need Him to be that. And in America, man, even if God doesn't show up, you have this, and you have this, and you create this idol in your life, and man, this conversation got really intense. But man, I started thinking, what does it mean to be desperate for God? And some of you sitting in this room, you know what that means. You know what it looks like to get to that place where you're in just desperation mode because nothing else will do it. You finally got into the place in your life where you realize nothing else is enough. And you need the power of God. Man, and give us our daily bread really means, hey, I want to be desperate for you. I want everything in this world to go away and I want to be desperate for you because I need you in my life. I need to be connected to you as the source of my power. It says, forgive our debts. The life of the believer is that of daily repentance. Martin Luther said. Daily repentance. Here's the good news. That when Jesus said it was finished, it covered our past sin, our present sin, and our future sin. But man, daily repentance is so important because again, it shows that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Every single day, we need Him to renew and to refresh. And it says, as we forgive our debtors. We've talked so much about forgiveness here and unforgiveness bitterness and the importance of that. Man, we forgive those who sin against us. He says, lead us not into temptation. We're going to close with this, but lead us not into temptation. Why would Jesus pray that? Like, why would Jesus pray, lead us not into temptation? Because we see in James, right, James says, hey, when you're tempted, don't think that the Father tempted you because He tempts no one. And then Jesus in his model prayer here is saying, hey, lead us not into temptation. But if we go back to Luke chapter 4, we see that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So God didn't do the tempting, but he allowed Jesus to go through it. And somebody in this place needs to hear this, that man, maybe the Spirit has led you to some times in your life you don't want to be in right now. And it's for your good, it's for your benefit, because He loves you. Sometimes He leads us to these places and He allows us to be tempted. He allows us to go through hurt. He allows us to go through trials. Not because He doesn't love us. No, because He does love us. And He knows that on the other side of that is a closer, more intimate relationship with Him. Man, He's a good, good Father. Pray, hey, lead us not into temptation. Meaning, hey, I want to be close enough to you where I don't need to go through those trials, man. I don't want to go through the wilderness. And I want to be so connected with you that I don't have to go through that. And it doesn't mean we're not going to. It just means that He's there. And if He leads us to it, He's going to lead us through it if we allow Him to do so. Man, prayer is the key to spiritual warfare. 
if you're going through something in your life right now, I want you to just understand this one thing today. That prayer is key to fight off the enemy. And you say, well, I mean, we got a whole we got a whole armor listed. Like Paul gives us the whole armor of God. And I want you to know something is that prayer includes scripture. Is that when we pray, we pray the truth of God's word. That when we say, hey, the whispers of condemnation hold no power over us because God says there, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We pray those type of prayers. We pray the truth of Scripture and we say, hey, Satan, enemy, I know you're trying to throw stuff at me. I know this has been a horrible day. I know this has been a horrible week. I know this has been a really bad season in life, but you're not going to win because this is what God says about me. He says I'm a child of His. He says there's no condemnation. He says that He is working all things for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His will and His purpose. This is the truth of God, and I'm His son, and I'm His daughter. Man, what a God we serve. He says, hey, when you pray, I want you to pray with purpose. I want your motive to matter. And the motive is that the reward is a one-on-one conversation with the creator of the universe. He says, hey, your father hears you in secret. Maybe no one else sees you. Maybe these other people don't think you're cool. That's okay. They ain't getting you to heaven anyway, right? So he says, hey, your father meets with you in this place. Meet with him in that place. And then he closes this out with verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So I want to give you number three to prayer. So prayer should be personal, it should be persistent, and it should be powerful. And then we see here about, man, if you forgive others, the Father's going to forgive you. If you don't, He's not. This is what I believe Jesus is saying. That forgiven people forgive people. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago that, that graced people show grace to people. And it's the same concept here is that when the, the gospel has infected our life and we've been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb, forgiven people forgive people. Not because they deserve it, but because we didn't deserve it and got it anyway. So we get to just lavish that forgiveness on others. Forgiven people forgive people. Is prayer your first response or your last resort? How is your prayer life? Are you connected to the source? Hey, he's there. The block's in the wall. Do you have the cord attached or not? I guarantee you when I get to my house today, beside my bed, there's 
going to be a block in the wall. I cannot guarantee you that there's going to be a cord there. This is what I can promise you. That God is always there. And that the cord is always there. It's our responsibility to attach ourselves to that. Are you attached to the source? How's your prayer life? Man, it's not about the, the phrases you say. It's not about the words you use. It's not even about the length. Jesus actually teaches that long prayers aren't so good. I'm still working on that one, right? I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm kidding about saying that. But man, I want you, every single person in this room, I want you to get to a place in your life where prayer is your first response to how amazing, awesome, and great our God is. Not a last resort after we've tried every other thing that we could try, that this world has to offer, and then we finally get to a place and it's like, well, there's nothing else. I need to pray. Oh man, let it be your first response because He loves you and He is who He says He is. Philippians chapter 4, Paul's writing this letter to the church of Philippi, and he says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is why. I want you to hear this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.